What's going on? Welcome to the Connect Podcast. I'm here with Matt Manning. I am Jared Haley, and today we're talking about getting vaccinated. Uh, I'm calling it Let's Get Vaccinated. Let's Get Vaccinated. I already miss Reagan. Yeah. Reagan, you're not here. Sorry, Reagan. Reagan's moved on to bigger and better things. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Working with Tim and weekend services and all that good stuff. So, but uh, let's get vaccinated. I like that. Yeah. You should write a song. I, if it's just a short little jingle, I can make it into a button. Too little, too late. <laughs> so, but before we jump into that stuff, it is March Madness. Yes. We did, a, we did an all-staff bracket, which I'm totally mediocre in. As are most. <laughs> do, do you have strategy with your... With, I mean, I feel like you have more strategy than, than many of us did. Well, it didn't work. <laughs> but yes, I watch a lot of college basketball. That's my strategy. Gotcha. Yeah. See, and I don't. And so when I go to pick stuff, especially when it's like the rankings are really close, usually... Here, here's my little... I, I'm going to get vulnerable here. Bears beat owls, so bears win. Well... A lot of times it's what mascot do I like better or what color scheme do I look better like yeah. better for the team. So I like check out their uniforms or like Clemson. I picked Clemson because I liked the orange bear claw thing. Perfect. So per- it seems to be serving you mediocrely. It's me- that's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I, is about the I'm same right as, in the middle. as my watching college basketball has served you. Yeah, me. it's so funny, right? It, it's kind of like uh fantasy football where you have strategy but then when push comes to shove, there's some strategy that helps. Yeah. But then there's other strategy that Iowa loses and it kills everything. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to March Madness, it's uh, college kids playing a game mm-hmm. and it's one and done, right? That's you right. You win, you move on, you lose, you're out. And so you have interesting stuff like UCLA, who was one of the last four teams in, so what, number 67, mm-hmm. ranked, making it all the way to the final four. That's pretty exciting. Yeah, which is Whoever picked them is killing it. Yeah. Their bracket is. I don't know that many did. Yeah. <laughs> so it was after the second weekend or after the second set of games that there was not a perfect bracket in CBS. Yeah. And CBS had over 2 million brackets or something like that. Oh, man. Do you know or, or do you ever, when you're doing a bracket like this or you're watching it play out, do you ever think to yourself, man, if Back to the Future was real? I could have dominated this bracket. Could have made it. <laughs> could have made it. If I had that sports almanac, although it's no good anymore because we hit the year that they went to in the future, and so you now, yeah, now you're going to the past. You're going to the past now. You're no yeah. longer going to the future. Well, actually, you know, every time I fill out a bracket, that's the way I feel. Like I'm going to dominate. Like mm-hmm. I probably won't miss a game, and then reality strikes. You know, somewhere yeah. in the first day, and oh man. There it goes. It's so. fun, though. It makes watching everything that much more interesting and entertaining. and Especially for, like, I don't watch a lot of college basketball, so um, it's like the one month of the year. They, they've done their job by creating the bracket. It has sucked me in to watch college basketball when I probably would have never done it. Yeah, and so it's coming down to, you know, Will and Tiffany here at Crossroads Church, and uh-huh. so I bought a $25 gift card to yeah. Chick-fil-A. Love it. And yeah, and, it's and if whoever Baylor, if Baylor wins, Tiffany goes, and if Gonzaga wins, it's it's Will. That's cool. If uh, you don't have a chance, I don't have a chance. I have apparently I have all the same teams picked as Will does from here on out. But if I could move up the ranks, at least I'd feel better about myself. Yeah, you have a good chance of doing yeah. that. I looked at possible points. Yeah, and so my possible points showed that I have a chance of of jumping up. You know, a yeah. little bit. My sister's in it. I convinced my sister to do it. Yes, and like the day of. 
I'm like, you should put together a bracket. She's like, I don't know what to do. I'm like, it's cool. Just put it together. Just and I buttons. think that I'm like right above her. <laughs> and so, so that's kind of sad. Oh, man. Yeah, I, uh, I fell apart the fourth day of the tournament. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I picked anybody right up to that. I was cruising pretty yeah. good. I was in this barbecue one for GQ Barbecue, which is like one of my most favorite barbecue places. In fact, if this podcast ever got sponsored, I would want it to be by GQ Barbecue. Yeah. But anyways they did a a thing where the top person wins barbecue and all that. And so, um, I got to number two after day three, I was sitting at number two and then you said day four happened and it's falling apart. GQ barbecue. Yeah. GQ barbecue. There it is. There it is. Perfect. It has to start somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Try it out. It is awesome. Uh, well, Matt, uh, Something that is a really hot topic right now uh, around uh, just everywhere in the world, I would say, is is vaccinations, which vaccinations have been kind of a hot spot for a while anyway over the years. But now specifically with the COVID vaccination coming out and all of that stuff, uh, man, there there is so many thoughts and opinions that go into it. And so I wanted us to talk about that a little bit today, but but what do you and I really know about vaccinations? Probably very little. Um, and so I actually found a couple of different people uh, that I, I did some pre-interviews with that we're going to listen to um, so that uh, hopefully we can learn a little bit. And one of them is pro-vaccination, and the other one is anti-vaccination. So we're going to get an equal uh, kind of listen to both sides of the spectrum. Um, They're both pastor's wives. Um, so both people that uh, love Jesus, that want to serve the kingdom, they're both people that uh, I, I respect and trust in their, their profession yeah. and, and in their field. Uh, one of them is, is Renee Amdahl, who's Pastor Chris's wife uh, here at Crossroads. Yep. And the other one is Audrey Ross, and her husband is actually a pastor. Uh, man, she says it on the interview. I think they're in Oregon. Um, they're up in the Northwest anyway. Okay. And uh, so I went to school, uh, college with both of them, and have, have kind of watched them throughout the year. So uh, we'll just go ahead and start off. We're going to listen to Renee's, uh, my interview with Renee first. Uh, They're both about 10 minutes long. um, And I'll just let you guys know as well that we're going to actually put the full, I've cut them down so that for the sake of time, uh, but uh, I will put the full length interviews on on separate podcasts as well. So if someone wants to go back and listen to their full interview, that's something that they can do. Um, But we'll go ahead and, uh, this is uh, Renee Amdahl, and, and we'll listen to her, and then we'll listen to Audrey, and then and you and I will just debrief a little bit um, based off of, of what we've heard. Sounds good. Hey, and so with me in studio, I have Renee Amdahl. Renee is a nurse, and you just told me, and I already forgot. Where are you? In, you're a nurse at? North Suburban At Metro. North Suburban Metro. And uh, Renee uh, has done lots of her own research and has had her own reservations when it comes to vaccines and, and probably specifically to the COVID-19 vaccine as well. Uh, and so, Renee, I'm just going to turn it over to you, and, and, and you can share just a little bit about uh, – the conclusions that you've come to and why you got there. Sure. So uh, I work in the ICU, and throughout this pandemic, I've cared for COVID-19 patients. Um, Had months on end of taking care of the very sickest of sick patients, um, of which most of those patients never made it out of the ICU. Mm -hmm. Um, And so lots of pandemic emotions, lots of feeling that goes into this because I thoroughly enjoy my job, and while no one ever wants to go to the ICU, um, and and really I'm the last person they want to see is because they're the sickest of sick, um, I still am a 
really awesome ICU nurse yeah. and do a really great job of taking care of my patients and their families. And um, watching how I wasn't able to help heal or um, care for their families um, was heartbreaking. <clears throat> so throughout the pandemic, that, that kind of plays into it. And I think you and I had talked about, you know, feeling is definitely a motivator for what you are or are not going to do. Um, so as the pandemic has... Yeah, a lot of times people... We were just talking about how a lot of times people will... Uh, fall on feeling over fact, mm -hmm. um, especially when it's hard to find what facts are true and what facts are not true. Right. We're bombarded, especially right now. Uh, I, I do believe that the media plays into uh, a lot of hype and what our feelings are going to be. They're able to gauge where a population is at and hone in on people's emotions. And I, I feel like that's unfortunate. Uh, it just breaks my heart that that's the way that we play these games and really that they're even games. Uh, I would much rather just get the facts and get the knowledge. And, and so, yeah, it's a bummer that everything, no matter what it is, it ends up being politicized, right? Oh, I, I hate politics. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't want to play that game. I don't like it. Yeah. Uh, but I do, I do still have that experience that plays into what, what I'm looking at. And, uh, and and at the end of the day, what I'm hoping for is for this pandemic to end. Sure. Um, what I'm hoping for is that my patients and their families are able to be reunited, uh, especially when it comes down to healthy 40-year-olds who have children, uh, maybe are 50-year-olds who have grand grandchildren, and they want to raise, you know, and be there for family events and, and be there to experience those things, and, and they're fantastic people, like, I want to do what I can as my part to make sure that people are a part of that um, and a part of living a full life um, and not having to um, either have the loss of a family member or um, living with the long-term repercussions of being that sick. Sure. Uh, so, you know, in August, I think is when really started the vaccines started to really come up. There were trials that were going on, um, mostly for Pfizer and Moderna, which is the mRNA vaccine. Uh, I got to tell you that in August, September, October, even November, um, is pretty apprehensive because, again, the media and the politics of everything was really playing into this is really new. This is, you know, not been out there for that long. Um, we don't know what the side effects are. We don't know that this is actually going to work. And of course, even in medicine, they're, they're playing us too, as far as that goes, um, really making the hype about the unknown um, and really kind of downplaying from my, from my standpoint that these studies and there were trials and studies that were still going on, um, but upplayed the part of the unknown and, and playing into our fear. Uh, so throughout that time, I was pretty apprehensive. And even into December, um, my stance was, I'm not really sure. I'm not ready to take that plunge. Mm -hmm. um, on the COVID vaccine? On the COVID vaccine, yeah. yes. Um, so as December went on, uh, actually, I had COVID um, and pretty rough uh, go of COVID, not to severe illness, not needing to be hospitalized, but having to go into the ER for some uh, stuff. And I'm actually, you know, almost four months later, still having symptoms that I'm having to follow up with 
tests and studies and those kinds of things. And for me, that's a cost. That's my time. That's what I miss and mourn before COVID, um, you know, being able to go up one flight of stairs. Well, not over exaggerating one flight of stairs. I'm winded and I'm, I'm 40. I'm young. Mm-hmm. I have kids to play with and things that I still want to do. And I'm missing being able to participate in life like I did before COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with that kind of in mind, um, looked more into what mRNA vaccines, because that's all that was available yeah. at the time. So you started, you're apprehensive, mm-hmm. and then time goes on, and you start investigating. Yes. And so you've done some research, and now you feel a little bit different about it, correct? I do. I feel um, in the sh- where we are right now, all of the studies that for MRN, uh, the mRNA vaccinations have uh, consistently shown, you know, they started studying it really back, I think as early as May is when some of the initial studies in 2020, um, started and June, uh, you know, the CDC was really helping to advocate and making sure that we had good guidelines that were consistent and thorough that, you know, each MRNA vaccination or any of the, uh, following vaccination opportunities would help to meet the same guidelines um, and trial studies and those kinds of things. Lots of scientists, lots of doctors, lots of immunologists, so people who study our immune system and um, what uh, is safe and making sure that we're, we're doing those things safely, mm-hmm. um, but also realizing we're in a pandemic. Uh, if we're not acting, we're failing. Uh, if we're not moving forward from my standpoint, if we're not trying to do mm-hmm. something to end this pandemic, we're, we're failing. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I looked at um, the CDC guidelines and kind of what their uh, looks for, how do we provide these trials safely? Um, what are our expectations in monitoring and getting numbers and, um, you know, being thorough with different uh, cultures and, um, races and ethnicities and those kinds of things as well. And men and women and age groups and making sure we had good variety. Um, so I felt like they were very thorough, um, in the end when collecting all of the data and before I got my first vaccination in January, then, um, at that time, all of the evidence, even after third trials had looked at up to, uh, some of them were greater than 90% of vaccinate, fully vaccinated people. So after the two weeks of your second vaccination, um, greater than 90% of those folks didn't have COVID at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and even still in the research over the last week or so looking up, uh, we're still up in the 80s as far as people not getting COVID at all. As far as people not uh, people who are vaccinated, the severe illness or even death is a hundred percent. So a hundred percent of vaccinated people haven't had that severe illness. Got you. So it's not that you won't get sick; it's that you won't have the same extreme symptoms um, if if you're not vaccinated. Is that correct? Yes. So you know the the downside of this, and you know earlier I was speaking to, I'm still playing into some of those effects. Is when you get a virus like this, 
your immune system, the way that God created us to be, it starts to attack and try to take care of this foreign body in your body, right? In that process, your body also creates this inflammation cycle that goes on. And really what's playing out for me and those people who are in the ICU for long term is that inflammation response. So that's the things that cause the long-term respiratory problems, the multi-system organ failure, people who go into uh, renal insufficiency, uh, even liver problems, um, have GI problems where um, they're not metabolizing food properly and those kinds of things. It's all related to the inflammation that's then caused by COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you have that huge immune response you decrease your body's ability to appropriately heal Um, and that's really the long-term cases or the long-term effect of what covid is has been doing and Mm -hmm. been playing out yeah but i just really appreciate you taking some time to come in here and uh, and give us a little insight uh from where you from where you stand as as uh, a follower of jesus as pastor chris's wife and as a nurse uh in the field you know, you're in the trenches. So I uh, really appreciate your, your time today. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. You bet. So that was Renee Omdahl. And uh, uh, certainly we could talk with her a really long time. Uh, I know that she has lots of more information than that. Um, was there anything, Matt, particularly just in that little segment that, that stuck out to you that maybe you hadn't thought of before, uh, anything like that? Yeah, I mean, first off, what I would say is that, you know, Renee is one of my heroes. In fact, I if I ever get sick or whatnot, Renee's the first call. That's what I've told my wife, like skip 911 and I'll just call Renee yeah. and do what she tells you to do. Um, and so I think highly of Renee as a person and as a medical professional in that space. And I think the two things that I just wrote down as I was listening is one is the outrage culture that we live in, you know, the the sensuous headlines or what get the reads, whether that's on social media where there's not a lot of fact-checking that happens or even on, you know, main media websites. And so I think that that's added a lot to the confusion in this debate, which she brought up. And then I think that, you know, when it comes to uh, being vaccinated um, and what she was speaking to about the avoiding the long-term effects of COVID, I think are really important for us to think through in terms of um, our life and our quality of life and, you know, being a pastor, seeing some of that firsthand struggle in people yeah. who've who've had this. Um, I mean, one of the guys sitting in the next room, right, Brando, mm-hmm. fought COVID for 80 days, blood clots, and everything else. And so, um, that's not a small thing to uh, to dismiss. Yeah, I think that's a really good point because a lot of times when it's ambiguous, it you have a different opinion than when you have someone sitting right in front of you that has gone through it. Um, and I think that that can uh, give you different perspective, uh, sometimes. Um, and so, uh, well, we'll, we'll go ahead and move on to, to Audrey. Uh, this is Audrey Ross and, uh, she, uh, she'll explain, uh, kind of what she does and things along those lines, but, uh, definitely coming at it from a, the opposite perspective really. Um, and so, uh, we'll just listen to her and then you and I can debrief a little bit more after that. Well, hey, I'm here with Audrey Ross. Audrey Ross and I uh, go way back. Uh, we went to college together, and uh, she married Jaden, who is also a pastor. And, and Audrey, you can tell me, where's Jaden? Jaden's currently pastoring now as well. Is that correct? Yeah. 
So yeah, where, he is the pastor in where, Central Oregon. In, um, right. What 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 church are you guys at? We are at Metolius Friends Church. Awesome. So uh, I know just from knowing you from a long time uh, now, Audrey, that you have done lots of investigation when it comes to vaccinations, and I'm sure that you continue to do uh, even more research when it comes to uh, specifically the COVID vaccine. And I uh, I just wanted to give you the opportunity to really uh, share with us some of the research that you found, uh, maybe some some personal uh, attachments to those things too, and, and really to, to just help inform everybody who is listening to this uh, really where you stand with vaccinations and why. Um, first of all, I do have a history um, in the health field just as I'm a nutrition coach. Um, I've been doing that for about 10 years. I'm a personal trainer. Um, so I love, I love health. Um, I, I, nutrition is my passion, but I love any aspect of health. Um, I did not dive into vaccines until I had started having children about seven, I guess it's been almost eight years ago. Did you get vaccinated as a kid? Um, I had probably about four vaccinations. Um, my mom was just not good at keeping up on things and I had bad reactions as well. So I had full body hives and dealt with lots of kind of skin irritations, but which I can trace back to probably the MMR. Um, my husband also, as a child, he had reactions to vaccines. So we both were mildly vaccinated. I mean, four is nothing compared to what is currently happening, which sure. is pretty, pretty insane. The number that kids are supposed to get. Um, and so when I first, when I was pregnant with my daughter about eight years ago is when I actually started digging and I am a digger. I've always been passionate about finding truth and I'm, I don't ever listen to authorities and say yes without first deciding for myself. I mean, Sarah knows this. I'm a little bit of a rebel. Um, it just is who I am. So if somebody tells me something, I'm going to say, well, I'll, I'll find out for myself. Um, and so that's what I've done. So when I just sit down with and look at a vaccine, um, first of all, you should know the ingredients that are in it. If you're, if I'm going to take a medication, I'm going to know the ingredients that are in it. If I'm going to eat food, I'm going to know the ingredients. And now I know a lot of people don't. But <laughs> yeah, you're, I, I believe, you're making a big leap there. I know it has I sugar know. in it. Exactly. But we should. I believe that's part of being a steward of our own health is knowing how, what we're doing with our body and what we're putting into our body. So I think that's important. If I look up the ingredients on a vaccine, I would encourage people to do this. Like, okay, hey, I have a new baby on the way. The first vaccine they're going to tell me to get is, uh, um, shoot, I'm not, I'm going to forget it right now. Anyways, I'm going to start looking up the ingredients. If you type those ingredients in, probably I would say 90 to 99% of them are actually toxic ingredients. They are chemicals that are considered poisonous. That if you gave them to your child to drink, you would be, it would be child abuse. Like you would get called in. Like if I gave my child propylene glycol, um, some of these things that are, they are toxic ingredients, kidney, monkey kidney cells, um, aborted fetal cells. They are one toxic ingredient, ingredient after another. So when I look at those and I'm like, should I inject this into myself? I would first start with looking at the ingredients. You, you should know. 
Then with every vaccine, there's an, a vaccine insert. Now it's not the fact sheet. What a doctor will do is they'll give you a fact sheet, which is just a summarization of a few things that they're like, maybe you should know this. But if you're gonna actually go ahead and do this, you should read the entire insert, which is this massive paper. It's tiny little writing, you like fold it out and it's like the size of a map. And it's covered with all of the potential side effects, adverse reactions, you shouldn't do anything without reading through that. Now, if you have done all that and you still feel like this is a go, then I think there's a few other things that you need to know. There's something called VAERS. It is Vaccine Adver Adverse Event Reporting System. So it's V-A-E-R-S. And you can get on VAERS, and this is a self-reporting system. So basically what happens is I go and take my kid to get their vaccine, they get it, they break out in hives, um, they then have a really high fever, they start convulsing. You go to every length to try to figure out what's going on with your kid. And you finally find out, maybe through a friend, maybe something online, that there's this reporting system. Because most doctors don't even know that it exists. Or maybe they know and choose not to tell you. And you just get on there and you report it. Like, this is what happened. So they estimate that probably only 1% of the actual reactions that take place are ever, they're ever reported. That being said, even now, just for the COVID vaccines, there are close to 1,500 deaths already reported from those. But from the actual vaccine? Know, yeah, from the actual vaccine. Um, whether it be Moderna or Pfizer, or, you know, any Johnson Johnson, it could be from any of the, the three, but collectively it's, it's pushing, I think 1500 the last time I looked. Um, and that's probably only 1%. So you should get on there and you should read the reactions. Like what are, you know, I don't buy something on Amazon without reading the, you know, what do people think? How many stars did it, it get? Out. Yes. Yes. So this and this is a very, um, it's a very small percentage that are even able to do this. And what really made me start thinking is that I started listening to moms and their experiences. And I started noticing other moms around me. Moms would take their kids in. They would get them their, you know, whatever month they were at. They'd have, go to their wellness baby checkup and they get their vaccines. And then they would start having eczema. They would all of a sudden then have a food allergy. They would start having earaches, and it was always shortly after their vaccines. So then I started looking online and like reading more, and I want to find out what actually is happening. And seeing mom after mom after mom saying, "My this caused my child's autism, or this caused my child's eczema, or my kid now has seizures," and then you start noticing those things. Now these moms have nothing to gain from this. In fact, they have everything to lose because by coming out and saying this damaged my child, they are ridiculed. Um, they are, because we have a world that's like, I'll trust the science. People bash on these women horribly. So now not only do they have a child that will never be the same, they are slandered for it, but they have nothing to gain from it. Where pharmaceutical companies have everything to gain for it. Gain, you know, that's, so do you feel like the amount of money they make is insane. Yeah. So you feel like the root of the the vaccine push would be financial gain. 
one of the roots. I think there's many roots, but okay. yes, one of them. Doctors are, are incentivized. So if doctors have all of their babies, all their wellness, you know, kids are coming in for wellness checkups. If everybody's vaccinated, they get huge bonuses. So they are incentivized to push it for everybody. Now there's no other thing out there where, where we say one size fits all. Like everybody needs this dosage. But with vaccines, we do. Like it doesn't matter if you are a eight pound newborn baby or you are an adult, like everybody is given the same vaccine and they stimulate the immune system. And then we see a huge rise in autoimmune diseases. So the COVID vaccine is actually altering DNA. So it's changing DNA and they will say, no, it's just, you know, it's just this one little bit, but it is changing DNA. So it's a synthetic form. It's messenger RNA, which go in, goes into the DNA and then begins to rewrite it so that when this is, this is what they say, this is the supposed thing. So when then, when your body sees COVID, then it knows that it should attack it because it has this, um, I'm going to get my words wrong, but it identifies it and it deals with it where a typical vaccine puts the actual illness, virus, whatever it is, broken down into the body with adjuvants, um, which those are like the heavy metals, those are the monkey kidney cells, those are all the questionable things, um, which flare up the immune system, so then the body recognizes it. So they're slightly different. The COVID vaccine technically shouldn't be called a vaccine, only they went and changed the definition of a vaccine, which is interesting, so that it would fit. So they had to change that. That's just notable to me. Um, it's actually gene therapy is what it is. So you should recognize that. Also, it is not FDA approved. It is only for emergency use right now. It is still in testing. So anybody taking right now, taking it right now is part of the test. What I would encourage everybody always to do is ask more questions. Ask more questions. Ask more questions. That's it. I guess I didn't say goodbye to her. <laughs> Apparently not. <laughs> Sorry, Audrey. It was good talking with you, Audrey. Thanks for being on the show. Uh, no, both her and Renee, like I said, we'll, we'll put their full interview on there. And um, I know that uh, Audrey kind of, she briefly talked about this, that they do use aborted fetal tissue uh, in testing and in, in, in usage of vaccines. And I wanted to state as well that um, Renee specifically spoke to that as well, and that she does not agree with that part of the process either. She thinks that she said science has come far enough that we shouldn't have to use, you know, aborted, uh, aborted babies in order to uh, figure out how to make vaccines work. And so both of them would definitely agree on that point. Um, where they where they split, which I thought was really interesting, is that uh, Renee is you know sitting with the person that is dying in front of them, saying, "Man." what do we need to do to save this person? And Audrey is sitting on the outside of the room saying, man, there are babies being aborted and that's not okay. Um, and and it, it doesn't feel right to say, hey, we're going to kill this baby in order to save this person. Um, and so that's just kind of, we didn't get to hear that. And so I wanted to, to bring that up. But um, Justin, you're listening to that. Was was there any new information there for you from Audrey? Or is there anything specific that that's stuck out from that for you, Matt? Yeah, I think with Audrey's interview, what she said at that last part is probably the piece of advice that we all need to think through is ask questions, right? Do the research and and decide where you land 
in this, not just from an opinion standpoint, but from a moral standpoint in this and where are the lines that you, that you draw. And those sometimes are difficult lines when you have two equally terrible things staring you in the face. How do you choose good in this? Mm -hmm. You know, um, to not vaccinate, be vaccinated means that you're, if you get COVID, if you're a silent carrier of COVID, um, you're putting people at risk in terms of bringing death to them. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a real possibility, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you choose to get vaccinated, uh, you're going to have to deal with the aborted uh, fetus tissue mm-hmm. uh, in that space. And so I think that neither of those are are good spaces to be in. One is a great. When I woke good. up, I thought, man, if I could do anything today, yeah, it would be one of, those two. one of those. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, coming down there and trying to make a moral decision on two evils. Oftentimes I think of it in terms of like um, what World War II must have been like with uh, hiding Jewish people. You know, yeah. do you tell a lie and say the Jewish people aren't here? Uh, or do you turn them over knowing that you're handing them over to death um, mm-hmm. by evil means? Uh, neither of those are as, is a moral right. Mm-hmm. So how do you choose? Yeah, and, and it's something, too, that in retrospect, it's easy to go, oh, of course I know the right decision, but it's really hard when we're in the middle of something, yeah. um, especially when we don't know what five, ten years down the road holds, right? We don't know, um, is there going to be a long-term effect of, of a vaccine? We don't know because you don't know until it happens, you know? Um, is is there going to be uh, new strands or is there going to be uh, a higher rise of, of COVID cases in five to 10 years. We don't know because it hasn't happened. And so uh, it makes it uh, really difficult. And I know that uh, I've said this before, uh, that the frustrating thing for me is always trying to find truth in the midst of uh, typically what people do. They're not going out and, and reading facts and allowing that to help them make a decision. Typically what we do is we've already made a decision in our own heart and mind, and probably as people are listening to this, uh, depending on what side they land on, they're, they've already decided who is in the right and who is in the wrong based on the decision that they brought into listening to this podcast in the first place, uh, rather than saying, hey, I want to look for the facts and, and, and allow those facts to help me determine what is right and what is wrong. And, and that's hard, too. It, it, Our culture today reminds me of the gossip episode on The Office, where uh, basically Michael wants to be included in in gossip at The Office, and he doesn't feel like he's being included. And then he learns that Stanley's having an affair. And so in order to appease himself of being included in The Office, he starts going around and having all of these conversations with people about Stanley having an affair. And I think it's eventually Jim that brings it up, and he's like, you realize that by spreading that rumor— or spreading that around, that you're actually probably causing harm to Stanley. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Michael has this like epiphany, aha moment, where in order to cover up that truth, he starts spreading around false rumors about everybody. So, you know, uh, just making up stuff, you know, just to cover it up. And so then people are like, man, who's making up all of this stuff? And they can't determine what's actually truth from untruth because of all of the lies that are swarming around. And sometimes that's how I feel, is I want to know truth, but there's so many lies out there. How do you discern what's actually true and what's not true? Yeah, yeah, I think that that's a good question because, you know, as uh, Audrey brought up, you know, that there is financial gain uh, in the vaccination business. Um, There's probably something to being altruistic as well. You know, they do want to bring healing 
uh, into it. And so, but both of those have to be weighted. And so how do you, how do you judge something going down that? And so I don't even know that it's necessarily at this sense, sense when it comes to the COVID vaccine, whether it's even lies that are being told, it's probably unknown. And that unknown creates anxiety in us that we don't know what to do with. And it mm-hmm. can either be paralyzing to us or we can fight or whatever that looks like. But I think with the COVID vaccine, the quickness of it, which I've said from the beginning, like COVID didn't really have a chance because the smartest people in the world were all working on how to destroy it, right? Like eventually we would get to this point. Uh, the issue I think that's the anxiety for people is the unknown of it. Uh, you know, like Audrey said that right now it's very much still being a testing phase. And, um, and so what are the long-term effects? Uh, we don't know after a couple of months and that produces anxiety in people who are maybe on the fence. Now, someone who's had COVID, who's dealt with COVID, who's lost someone with COVID, uh, whatever those effects are, um, they're probably weighing that and going, I don't, I don't want to go down that road. Mm-hmm. You know, after dealing with symptoms four months later, like Renee has of having COVID, uh, going, I, I'll put this, I'll take my chance with the vaccine rather than have to deal with what I'm dealing with. And yeah. so that's a different perspective. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, uh, we were having a conversation. I don't know where this quote came from, but I thought it was really good. Um, and it was actually, uh, I was sitting with, having lunch with, Scott Aspermonte, mm-hmm. um, who, who some people might know who yeah. he is, but uh, he said that uh, facts don't change people's minds, but curiosity does. Yeah. And I thought that's really interesting and, and good that um, if you can get somebody curious to want to investigate more, that that might actually have a better chance of swaying somebody as opposed to just throwing facts at them. Absolutely. Um, and it's kind of sad that that's a reality but it is it, it, it's the truth and so my really my hope with this podcast was not to get people digging their hills in and, and picking sides it's really to ask questions and to get curious and to say hey we want to figure out what's really going on and we want to figure out what's truth because we want to make smart wise this godly decisions right um moving forward um and and we want to do that cohesively together as a as a body of believers and not uh, gouging each other's eyes out. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I think that's fair, right? That's very yeah, fair. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, Matt, if you have uh, any, uh, you know, w- as you dive into this, just you personally and with your family, uh, is there is there any biblical stance that you, you bring into the mix that says, hey, this helps us as a family make a decision on what we're going to do? Um, and then uh, I would just kind of love to know, too, I mean, uh, it, it I, I kind of joked about this with you off 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 air that um, a lot of times the men uh, in the re- the dads in the relationship will do whatever mom decides they're gonna do and they say sure mom whatever you want to do um, and and it's probably good for us as dads to actually know what's going on and do the research ourselves and help lead uh, through this controversy and so uh, as a dad and as a husband uh, how are you biblically taking your family through? Yeah. I think when it comes to the Bible, like one of the first things that we understand is that the Bible speaks to what it speaks to, right? And it's an authority in that space. And then there's a whole lot of things that the Bible doesn't speak to uh, that we just have to go, what's, what would wisdom say in these spaces, right? So like, for example, the Bible doesn't talk about technology. It doesn't talk about whether you should have cell phones or whether you should play on the internet or, you know, be on Facebook. Like there's none of that in the scriptures and the Bible 
It's not uh, the 11th commandment. Yeah, it's not the 11th Thou shalt not right? have a Facebook account. Yeah, exactly. And so it doesn't speak to technology the way that maybe it speaks to our sexuality. And so what we have to do when it comes to technology or even science, medical, is really speak to or look to the, uh, the wisdom principles in this space. And I think that as we read through scripture, I think there's a few points along the way that we just have to realize that uh, medicine's not bad, right? That I would actually say that medicine is one of the uh, miracles that God gives humanity. Um, a few years ago, almost a decade ago or now, uh, we had a pastor who was retiring. Uh, he was getting uh, hearing implants so that he could hear better. And he went in to get that checked out and they found a tumor in his brain. And literally he went in on Friday, had the surgery Saturday morning and was home Monday for dinner. They removed a brain tumor through his nose. Like 50 years ago, that would have killed him. You know, now it's a three-day stint in the hospital and he's alive and doing well. And it's, it's like that wasn't even a piece. And so uh, that, is, that is a medical marvel that we've been given um, when it comes to medicine and science. And so I think when we look biblically at things, uh, we know that Luke, one of the gospel writers, uh, wrote more of the New Testament than any other writer, including Paul, was a practicing doctor. That's what he did. And part of his traveling with Paul is was to help Paul when he got sick, which, you know, Paul went through stoning and scourges and beatings all the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, and he had a physician that traveled with him. He had his personal him. trainer. <laughs> he had his personal trainer. physician. Making sure, right, when uh, Timothy reveals that he's having some stomach issues, Paul leans into the understanding of the day and says, drink a little wine. It'll help you with your with your issues. That was that was medical advice back then. So I don't think that we just throw away the medical advice and go, it's all bad and medicine's bad. And we just simply, um, you know, uh, trust in the Lord for everything. I think part of trusting in the Lord is going, he's given us a brain to think through really good things. Um, and he's brought about advances in society um, to help us. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, we choose life as believers. So... That's where I would say from a biblical perspective. Yeah. Can I just say what, something that really sucks with the human condition? Yeah. Is that we take the things that God has designed for good, and then we use them for evil. Absolutely. And so I think that that, even even in the medical field, like, yes, pharmaceuticals and for, are, are in it. You know, there's a lot of financial gain that yeah. is there, and it, and it sucks that they take something that is good that was intended to help humanity and then turn it into uh, a selfish thing. And, and, and that's just not medicine. That's... That's just the human condition, yep. and, and that's just kind of a, a sucky thing about being sinful and, and fallen creatures. Yeah, absolutely. And so I think that's everything, right? I mean, we could talk about that with music, that all music is intrinsically good. It's given to us by God. And yet, as human beings, we can choose to use music however we want, whether that's for good, whether that's for glory um, of God or glory of ourselves or glory of something that maybe shouldn't be glorified in that space. And so, yeah, I think it's in in all things across the line. So I guess when it comes to the question that you asked about my family, yeah, uh, when it comes down this road, um, you know, we're not never vaxxers. Um, all my kids have been vaccinated. Uh, I've been vaccinated more than I know that probably could count. I mean, at one point I had the little yellow card for my passport that was <laughs> like almost full um, because in order to get into places like Mali or Lebanon, um, I had to have certain vaccines or else I couldn't get into the country. And I felt strongly enough that God was calling me into those places uh, that the vaccines, that I needed to get the vaccines. And so um, from our, where our family stands, the kind of decision we make is that um, 
uh, why we're never vaxxers. We're not like just willful, willful, willfully willful. getting uh, vaccinated at every chance. Like if you go, hey, for this reason you have to, then we go, okay, we'll comply in that. And so if my kids need it for school, then we get it. Um, if I need it to be able to go overseas to do work that God's calling me to do, then then I'll get the vaccine. When it comes to the COVID vaccine, my wife and I, we've had a lot of conversation about whether we should get it or not, um, particularly because of the two issues that we raised, one being the greater good of society and me being a pastor um, of a church of 2,000 people. Man, I'm in a lot of people's lives. And what is my moral obligation when it comes to... Um, this virus and my ability to transmit it. Um, at this point, I haven't gotten it. Um, this has been the healthiest year of my life. Literally, I haven't been sick in 12 months. Um, and so, like, part of <laughs> yeah, knock on wood, part of it, uh, I wonder, like, am that was I one, for you. yeah, thank you. Yep. Am I one of the silent, you know, am I one of the asymptomatic people? Because my life hasn't slowed down. My life didn't change. If anything, my life got busier. And so, am I one of those people? And do I have an obligation to others? that the vaccine, and then at the same time, when it comes to the way that uh, the vaccines are made, uh, that's a moral problem for me. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, I don't really like being a test subject. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when yeah. it comes to, I'm not an early adopter in that way. And so, not I always think about like software. Yeah. Like you don't update your computer right away when the new software comes yeah. out. You like wait for version 2.0 or yeah, I mean, yeah. 2.0, 2.1, 2.2. Yeah. When they've worked out some of the kinks, that's not going to destroy your computer. Yeah, that's why I love like Pastor Bruce here at the church. Like when it comes to technology, like he is an early adopter on everything. Mm -hmm. And he figures out all the bugs. And then I just wait for, you know, a month when yeah. all the bugs have got figured out and we get it right. So, yeah, when it comes to the vaccines, I think that's been one of our biggest hesitancies is not knowing exactly what the future holds with this vaccine. Um, it is the first uh, vaccination of its kind. And um, there's a lot of unknown in that that's a little bit scary. Yeah. Um, and I guess I've hesitancy. watched, yeah, I've watched yeah. too many movies, right? I watched I Am Legend. Mm -hmm. That's right. And the vaccine that was supposed to take care of cancer turned everybody into zombies. Yeah. And so <laughs> like, there's a part of that that lives in my head. So and there you go. That'll wrap up our show today. <laughs> so, oh man. So yeah, so we've been hesitant. So we haven't made any decisions at this point. And um, I think it, right now it's kind of a wait and see mm -hmm. rather than a, a jump in and get yeah. for us. So good advice that I had when I was uh, in Ireland, uh, living over there, someone said to me, God is never in a hurry. Mm -hmm. And and to me, that is such good wisdom that God is not in a hurry. And that uh, if we feel pressured into hurry, that's like a sales tactic, right? Mm -hmm. uh, to pressure you and you got to do it and you got to do it now. Um, and, and to me, that that's something that I've tried to really take with me is that God's not going to be like, oh, oh, shoot, I forgot to tell you something, or, oh, man, I meant to say this to you yesterday and I forgot. You know, it, he just doesn't work that way. He's yeah. he's very uh, much to our dismay sometimes because we want him, God, come on, let's get this thing rolling. You know, I, he's just very patient and, and seems to be pretty slow. And then when it's time to act, he acts, right? Um, and so I think that there's a trust factor there that we need to carry with us as well to trust, okay, God has this and God has me in his hands and under control, and I can put my faith and trust in that. And that, you know, I think of the Old Testament when, uh, hey, if you got bit by the snake, you know, you look look to the snake sculpture and you'll be healed. Or it, mm -hmm. Am I blowing that up? Pretty close. Yeah, it's, it's that idea. The idea that God has it, right? That ultimately the miracle is that, that God can 
heal us and that, uh, or he can't protect us from these things. And so we have to have that balance of, uh, you know, if someone found a tumor in my head, I'm not going to say, nope, I don't like medicine. I'm out. You know, I'm going to say, get this thing out of me. And I'm going to put my trust, not only in the doctors, but also I'm going to put the trust in God in that process as yeah. well. Um, and that you can actually have both. You don't have to pick one. Um, certainly there's lots of moral places that we need to sift through and pray through um, and continue to ask those questions. We are going to put, uh, both Renee and Audrey both gave me different articles uh, of things that they've used in their research that I'll put in the description so that you, if you're listening to this, you can go in and actually uh, do your own research. And, and please do your own research. Continue to ask questions and let's let's sift through the lies and find the truth together. Yeah, and I think that it's important to note as we're recording this the day that we're recording this on that neither you or I are eligible to get the vaccine. And so it's not a, it, it's not even offered to us yet. It will be in a couple of days, but I looked on Kaiser like, Hey, if I wanted to get this, where would I be? And they're like earliest is end of May. And so mm-hmm. there's still, you know, a couple months to really think through this at a personal level for me mm-hmm. to go, do I need to? And now that it's real, mm-hmm. uh, I think that that's the diving into this morally mm-hmm. um, is where, is where I need to go with it Absolutely. in terms of my own life. Yep. And that's going to, I think, going to look different for everybody in terms of where they're at and what they're doing and mm-hmm. in that space. And so, anyways, that's where, that's where Absolutely. we're living. Well, Matt, thanks for uh, talking about this uh, and listening. And um, I hope that uh, this has inspired some of you guys to, to really dive in and, and find some of those things uh, out. Uh, we are uh, starting up a new series on Sundays called uh, I Can't Believe in a God Who. Um, it's a really good series of uh, there's just different things that make it really difficult sometimes to 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 have faith or or, or puts doubt in your mind when it comes to faith. And so uh, please check those out on our on our weekend services, crossroadsabc.live. If you're in the Colorado area, we'd love to have you show up to our Thornton campus or 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 North or our Thornton or our Fort Lupton location. Yeah, uh, on Sunday mornings as well. Um, and this weekend is Easter. It is. So we have some really We're cool excited stuff, exciting, exciting things happening this weekend. Trevor and I are going to be dressing up in ridiculous outfits. I and can't so wait. You, you don't want to miss that, and that's pre-service. So yeah. make sure that you tune in early this Sunday uh, to, to see the pre-service shenanigans. That's going to be good. It'll be a lot of fun. Thank you.